Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Attract podcast. In this episode, I interview Bianca Robinson, business strategy consultant, project manager, and business trainer about diversifying business models to add multiple revenue streams. And we also chat in depth about how to handle the natural evolutions we experience in business and how to stay focused on the end result the whole time. This one's a juicy episode, so let's dive in. Hi, Bianca, and welcome to the Attract podcast. I'm really excited to speak with you today about your business and about simplifying business and creating multiple revenue streams. So first off, I'd love to chat with you a little bit about your business and why you started and what you're doing today. Thank you for having me. So Kate and Kate Consultant, we started this business maybe 12 years ago, so October 19, 2012. So we're going on about 12 years for this particular business. And I had my daughter and I was a business and project manager of an engineer firm when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I loved it. Like I love the rush. I love the adrenaline. I love staying up to three, four in the morning, writing RFPs. Like I loved it, but it just wasn't a conducive lifestyle for now that you are a new mom. And so I decided to quit my job to go full fledged in my business. And so what we did at my corporate job was government procurement. And so I was really big on that. And so when I quit my corporate job, my plan was to just do bookkeeping. I believe in starting um, profit-based businesses versus passion-based businesses in the beginning, because when you're passionate about it, other people have to be passionate about it for you to be able to make money. But when it's profit-driven, it's a need. So it's easier to make money and you can use that money to start your passion-based business. So I kind of knew that going in so my thing was bookkeeping like I hated bookkeeping with a passion but I was really good at it and nine out of ten businesses their kind of back of house was not in order so I knew that I eventually wanted to be the business that I quit my corporate job but I knew that you had to kind of crawl before you walked and I didn't even know how to upsell cross sell get clients kind of run the CEO aspect of it so I learned how to do business um, on bookkeeping but it just so happened that three of the bigger projects that I was working on they kind of went downhill when I quit my job and they ended up finding me on LinkedIn. So I started with corporate clients, um, Mercedes. I lived in Chicago. So a lot of them were like utility companies, automotive companies. And so they ended up finding me on LinkedIn. And so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door doing corporate clients because they ended up finding me online on LinkedIn. But I was still doing bookkeeping. But then I turned my bookkeeping clients into career development clients and career development to coaching and coaching to consulting and consulting to strategizing to strategizing to project management. And so I've kind of been doing the thing that I absolutely wanted to do uh, for the past four years. But before that, I was just kind of learning and building up my reputation to kind of get to where we are right now, which is having a um, business diversification firm where we show service-based professionals how to diversify their offerings not necessarily having seven sources of income because i know that's what they say like most millionaires have seven sources of income but that's not true that's seven different businesses and so i believe having one business and diversifying it into multiple streams um, of revenue and so we're going to talk about that today but yeah that's how it got started oh i love that yeah i love your story and actually how you've had experience across so many different industries there and how you've kind of come to find the thing that you really love. So yeah, it's really, really nice to hear about that. So what are kind of, what are the key lessons in your evolution, in your business's evolution that have kind of brought you to this diversification? 
I think that so many people are saying like, okay, the way to get to the money that you deserve and desire is through podcasting, is through course creation, is through high ticket offers, is through low ticket, you know, it's with all of these different things. And I just believe it's through them all. Like when you just pick one thing in one vessel, like that can be the main thing, but it's like saying, you know, when I go to this burger restaurant, they only have this one burger. And so what if I don't like that burger? And what if I don't like what's on it? Like it's no variety. And it's kind of putting the client into this kind of pigeonhole of this is the only way. It's like saying the only way you can make a million dollars is by being in construction. But that's not true. So I believe in you should have all of the offers. I believe that you should knit your business down to a pain point, And it's just a matter of what the client budget is, what the season is, and what you plan to do based on your lifestyle and your time that would determine what they purchase. Like Starbucks, they have, you know, they have their normal flavors that you get all the time. But, you know, during October, it's pumpkin spice. And through Christmas, you know, they have different things. So it's like, depending on a season will determine what unlocks. But we have our normal things that we do all around. So I just believe that you can make all of the money and all of the things that you deserve and that you desire. But it has to be streamlined and simplified accordingly so that you don't confuse your audience and or confuse yourself. And so throughout my years of kind of pivoting, I pretty much knew everything that I wanted to do. I knew my end goal, but I also know how to pivot in order to to learn what I need to learn and to be able to get there. So I think that's kind of what I learned in my lesson. Like I'm not married, I'm married to the solution, but not the ways to get to the solution. Oh, I love that perspective, actually. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Like if I said I was coming to visit you and I was getting on a plane and out a plane is not there, then I'm still coming. So I might get on a bus or I might get on a boat or I might drive or depending on where you are, I might walk or, you know, but I'm still getting there. It's just my way of getting there has changed, but my destination to get to you has not like that's the end goal. So I think that we're so stuck on it has to be this way, but we don't understand like we're going to get the, it might just a couple detours but we're going to get there yeah absolutely yeah that makes total sense and we touched on there one of the challenges of doing that is making sure that you're still really clear on that end goal are there any other challenges that you come across when you're thinking in this way yeah i think that so many times we we see what works for other people and so we think that that is our solution to be able to get there Um, And I just believe in trying them all and the ones that you like the most, let's put more into that, but let's kind of still have other offers and other things available. Like for example, your thing might be high ticket, which is great, but everybody doesn't have high ticket and everybody's problem doesn't need to be solved with a high ticket course class, you know, or things of that nature or a mastermind. Like they just might need a hundred dollar mini course to be able to get them there so i think that we get kind of stuck into our own way of this is how it has to be versus we're just here to help the consumer with our intellectual property and so however they choose to be able to get that it determines their budget the season and what we plan to give they can listen to it in the audio and still be able to get that same transformation but if they wanted to go deeper then that could be a high ticket offer or a high ticket um, mastermind or something of that nature. But the goal, I think, is to just put the pain points out that you saw and then determine where they are to give them a track of where they need to be. Yeah, I totally see what you mean. Yeah. And 
would you say then that with that approach that market research is hugely important yeah because i think that you also have to figure out to kind of the client the the life journey of a client like 84 percent of our clientele is repeat clientele and so i have taken them from you know when i was doing career development and i helped them with their resume and then i was like hey you can start your own business while still working your nine to five so they got into my employerpreneur program and then from there i helped them quit their job and now they were full time then i'm helping them get more clients get more contracts now we're streamlining and now we're hiring staff you know now we're going off to bigger projects and so 84 percent of my clientele has been repeat clientele and so i'm not in the business of appeasing you know and trying to get new people like most people put a lot of money into their new marketing i don't really do that i spend a lot of money on my back end my systems and kind of cultivating the clients that i already have because it's been working for me and i know that they'll bring me new people so that's kind of where my market research comes into play like what do they like what can i give them and as i grow i go back to get the clients because what i did for them 10 years ago is not valid now because i've learned more and the industry has changed so i'll go back and say like hey i know that we built that three-step funnel but you know now it's a two-step funnel and it's a lot simpler based on what the trends are so let me redo that for you so a lot of my clients have been with me for years i love that yeah so it's kind of it sounds like you evolved together and you know it's kind of you are looking at that market research and you're reacting and moving alongside it yeah i know that social media gives us these different trends but i say always stay on brand and then incorporate the trends inside of what it is that you do so your messaging and position is the same but you know now on instagram you need a catchy song to make a reel so still say what you were saying but use the song now so i think a lot of times we're trying to reposition our business to be what is trendy but you need to be on brand and just use the trends to enhance what you have but i think a lot of people don't do that it's like oh that wasn't working let me do this something else like oh that message wasn't working but they don't stick with it long enough to be able to see and they don't even have a plan of the pivot it's like okay i did this for two weeks now three weeks i'm doing something else like they don't have a real strategic plan and so that's what we do we build the strategic plans and the growth strategies and a revenue diversification model so that you can see it long enough to be able to get to where you're trying to go instead of starting three, four, five, seven different things and you still have nothing to show for it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you actually. The messaging and positioning remains consistent, doesn't it? And you can adapt to changes in consumer behavior and you can adapt to the trends on social media and how we use and optimize social media. I love that. So actually, you've kind of touched on there a little bit as well. It actually appears to be quite simple. We're keeping things simple. What does that look like for you and your clients? And also, why do you think it can be so easy to overcomplicate business? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it, and, and it's strange because I think business in itself is is hard because you're trying to now get people to believe and see things the way that you do in a way where they're willing to part with their hard earned money to give it to you because you believe in this thing that you do so much but I feel like it 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 comes a time when you just have to be clear on the value proposition of what you bring to the table and I think a lot of times like we're not clear on our value proposition like we're not clear on our core competencies like we're not clear on what our elevator pitch is and kind of what's that one pain point one solution so 
being able to get to the business at hand and really being clear it's simple like the mcdonald's menu is simple like when you drive through the drive through like it's simple like when you walk into the store can i help you you know do you need help okay is that all you need like you know this goes well with that like it's really simple when we're not online but i think online we complicate it because we see so many of what other people are doing and like i said it seems to work so we think what we're doing is not working when it is working we just haven't done it long enough and so i think that keeping the model simple keeps you in alignment with what's the goal it keeps you focused and you can see the money clearly uh, when you keep it simple so you know you don't need a fancy crm system but you need a crm system like you don't need a fancy email marketing system but you need email marketing system so it's kind of understanding what it is that you're trying to do and what's that client journey and then figuring out like what's some simple systems to put into play because the more complicated the systems is the less work we do because it's over complicated so we don't want to do it yeah i totally hear you there and actually I can really resonate with your earlier points about how it's often like a lack of clarity around, you know, your unique selling point and, you know, what it is you actually do in terms of like an elevator pitch, being able to articulate that concisely. And I wonder as well, whether you find that like shiny object syndrome comes into it, because I know that the past version of myself in business could be, you know, sold on the shiny objects. Yeah, and then we're out of money and time because now we see these shiny objects don't even work for, or we're not there yet. Like, I tell people all the time, like, don't look at my 12 years and your year too. Like, how I move and how you move are two totally different things. And so you have to work your way up to it. But I think that we're looking at, you know, where somebody is that's been doing it for a long time and we need that now versus what was the the steps that you took to get there? Like, what was the roadmap? Like, how can I get there, you know, on, on my path, but use some of your tips and your techniques, you know, to be able to get there uh, more effectively and more efficiently and not have to make all of the mistakes, but I am going to have to make mistakes to be able to learn, but maybe not go over there because that's what you said. No, I see what that looks like. Like, we want the blueprint to work so we can get those same results that a person has today but it's really just a benchmark to kind of show you like hey when you get here this is what you look for but you still got to go through the swamp and the sea and all of that to be able to get over here this map just show you what a treasure is but you still got to do all the work to get over here to get the treasure and so i think that that's the thing that we have with the shiny object syndrome like we need that now it has to make sense now it got to look like that now when that's not the case yeah absolutely i really hear that and we often see a lot of messaging online about collapsing time and there are of course certain things that we can collapse time around but we've also got to go at the, at the pace that we are at and really actually stick to what we're doing and implement and simplify yeah you gotta have a business acumen i think that you know so many people are trying to i say it all the time like most people are like you know you gotta produce quality you gotta produce quality but quality comes from quantity it comes because we've done it so many times incorrectly and we're tweaking it so many times that we've done this millions of times so now we can produce quality but quality comes from quantity like you can't expect to do it one time and then produce quality and so i think that that's another thing that we see on social media like it has to be perfect my marketing has to be perfect my messaging has to be perfect no you just got to keep 
out here keep talking about the messaging and as you talk to different people you keep perfecting the elevator pitch and perfecting the craft and perfecting you know the product and the services but perfection doesn't come in the lab it comes from you know on the job actually doing it to be able to learn but i think we have this stigma around like it has to be perfect before i put it out and i tell people all the time like perfect patty is broke like she don't have no money she out here trying to perfected in a lab and she hasn't jumped not one time so that's not where you want to be like in order for you to be great you got to make some mistakes yes I love that insight that is so true and actually I think a lot of success can be attributed to that willingness to kind of fail and willingness to test and willingness to just do it yeah like I'm on my eighth set of five-year like goals right because I make the goals so high that I know I'm probably not going to accomplish it but I'm going to be way farther along than if I played it safe and so I'm open to the felon like I'm open to being able to figure it out like I'm open to the unknown because that's what entrepreneurship is like it's not a roadmap on this like we really don't know what we're doing we just out here trying it and if it works we put the processes and systems in place for it to kind of work now that we have our groove but we none of us know what we out here doing and so since you have decided to have the courage to be the entrepreneur you should have the courage now to go deeper into it so that you can really see the fruits of the labor of what you're you know worthy and deserving of if you're playing it safe you're not really giving it the full potential like if you was playing it safe you could have stayed at a job because it's very like safe like they the job description is there you know what you need to do every day so it's kind of that structure and that quote unquote safety net, but entrepreneurship is totally not that. So since you already out here, you might as well keep going is what I always tell people. Yeah, I love that. Another really, really great insight. And actually, I'd love to hear if you have maybe a couple of tips or, you know, just a piece of advice for somebody who is in business, maybe a year or two in, they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. They're getting tempted by all of the shiny objects what kind of what piece of advice would you share with them to really stick to what it is that they're doing and really get stuck in i mean the first thing i would say is just get offline like i think a lot of times people think that business is only done online but i'm in a lot of different you know elite organizations associations you know i'm here in um florida now so um it's a lot of like chambers and things of that nature and so you'll see that what you do actually is valuable but it's so many other people online and it's millions of them and it's different variations of them that you kind of get lost in the sauce but if you would actually get off of line and do offline old school business it'll really put a lot of things into perspective for you because it's not a lot of people offline that do what it is that you do and so when you go to these different events um, and these different professional organizations, it's not 40 people in there that do what it is that you do. So I think that gives you that confidence boost and you're able to get clear on your messaging and what you bring to the table because it's not shiny object syndrome. Like you're very focused and structured when it is um, offline. So that was always my rule of thumb. Like let's log off, like let's do some offline business because I do do a lot of offline business we do government contracts and corporate contracts and those people are not online they're still doing old school faxing paper trail like so they're not up on the times and so it gives you a competitive advantage in the marketplace too uh when you do business offline and i think the second thing would really be clear to ask other people when you say this what do they hear 
And that's one of the exercises that I give to my students and my programs and my clients. Like when you give your elevator pitch, ask them what did they hear? Like what did they get from that? Like would you be somebody that they would work with? Like based on what they see that you do, was that articulated um, in the elevator pitch? I think we don't ask enough questions and we also don't pay us. So I think that you thinking that is great when you don't pay you and you are not your ideal client um, keeps us in this box so i would say do your informational interviews you know and start to just ask questions without getting your feelings hurt and kind of put more work on the front part like don't let what people have on social media be your rule of thumb but let it be the hmm, i might be able to implement that based on what i already have like what's online is kind of your add ones but it's not your main course is some things you can add into what you already have but that shouldn't detour you from changing what you're doing just add these things in where you see fit that's brilliant advice both both of those pieces of advice there so important i love what you said about actually asking what they hear and really taking on that feedback and also really considering whether you would pay for that. It's a question I often ask my clients actually, you know, when when you really say it back, you know, would you pay? That's what I'd be like, would you pay for that? Like, well, no, right. So why do you expect people to pay for that? Like if you're unclear, I'm unclear. And a client that is unclear is not a paying client. Cause if you confused, I'm confused too. So why would I give you money and you're confused, but you're telling me that you're the solution to be able to help me. So I think a lot of times, like we confuse ourselves by seeing what other people are doing, but we were sure in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you there. And I think as well, it's a good question to ask with content as well. You know, when you, when you're reading content on social media etc whether that content would also activate us to buy i love this piece of advice about going offline and i actually have a bit of an, an anecdote that of my own last year i went to a retreat and that really opened my eyes to how much i was kind of missing in that online world and i spoke to people i heard you know what their problems were many of whom were ideal clients and I learned so much more in that time than I than I did online in a bit of an echo chamber mm -hmm. and you get to you get to really hear because online like we're posting the end result not actually like the process of how we got there so when you are in these retreats and in these smaller rooms they're really giving you all the back end and how it got there and like yeah you see this event but seven people didn't show up. My sister wasn't there. My mic went out. Like my lights went out that night. Like my dog ran away. Like you get to hear all of the things that happened leading up to it. So now you don't feel bad that you were scrambling, trying to put things together because they're giving you that, but they don't give you that online. And so when you go to these um, events and these smaller like circles and intimate groups, you're able to get that. That's why I'm really glad that you do this podcast because a lot of people are able to get the behind the scenes and the reasons why, you know, why things are that way instead of thinking like everybody already has it together and it's just great. It's not. Yeah, yeah, I love that as well, actually. And I think I personally love listening to podcasts, but they really, they're so much more raw. You know, we can really go into the insights. It's conversation. You know, we are literally talking about, you know, I've shared there some challenges and, you know, this experience that I had last year, but yeah, I totally agree. I love the unpolished effect of podcasts. So I'd love to hear as well, 
what building your business on your terms looks like for you. It's a question I ask all of my guests and it can vary hugely, but I always really love hearing about how people are building the business that they enjoy, that lights them up, that supports their lifestyle, like all of the different reasons. So it's crazy you said it because we've coined this uh, hybrid lifestyle business model, like that's what we build. And so I want you to be able to live the life that you wrote about in your notebook before you started this business. And I think a lot of times we're not true to that. Like the clients come in, the money come in, you know, it's the long hours, late nights. And I think that that is great, like in the beginning to get hit the ground running. But I think that we deviate from that. And I know that was me. Like I started this business to be a mother to my child instead of being a woman with kids. And I think my mom was a great mom, but she was a woman with kids. And that is a woman that has to work, you know, sun up, sun down. Maybe she's a single parent. Um, and I'm at the daycare, I'm at the babysitter, I'm in, I'm in school, but then somebody else picks me up. And then when my mom does pick me up, it's just to kind of give me dinner, bathe me and go to sleep. And then on the weekend, she's so exhausted um, that I'm kind of pretty much making my own cereal and watching TV on my own and kind of just being on my own. And so I know that that is true for a lot of women because, you know, we're trying to make ends meet, you know, and we're trying to be this super mom, but as your kids get older, we don't know that, you know, the reason why everything was working, how it was working, because, you know, you were putting your efforts into place. We just like, oh, well, my mom wasn't there or she was always tired or she was always in a rush. And so I knew that when I had my daughter, I wanted to be able to pay and I wanted to be able to go on the field trips and do all of the things. And so that's why I became an entrepreneur, which is my why. I wanted to be able to be there for all of the moments with my kid and still be able to have some money. I didn't want a lot of money. I just wanted to be ha have some money. And so that's why I started to be um, an entrepreneur. And so I want that for other people. Like, what type of lifestyle do you want? Like, not necessarily the vacations and the trips and the material things, because I think that's important too. where you want to live, where you want your kids to go. But like, do you want to work 40 hours a week or 80 hours a week? Or do you just want to work, you know, a couple hours during the day, but then fourth quarter, you're putting a lot of work into it because that's a busy quarter. So I'm all about you figuring out what type of lifestyle you want and then wrapping a business around that because it can definitely happen you're definitely worthy of that and so i think that that is what my definition is because we build that a lot like yeah you got a coaching and consulting business but it doesn't have to be a traditional one like we can do business a lot of different ways now it doesn't have to be the trading time for money all the time even though that's one thing it's a lot of different things that we can do so we build hybrid lifestyle business models I love that. And I love hearing about your why as well. And actually, I did notice on your profile that you talk about helping your clients with profitable yet scalable, unconventional business strategy. It has to be because, you know, we think business only has to be done one way. And just because you make money doesn't mean that it's scalable. Like, yeah, it's profitable, but how much time, energy and effort did you put into it? Like, you're really in the red. Like, yeah, you made this money, but it took you like 60 hours. So, you really are in the red, really not in the green. So my goal is to always just give you different ways and different um, angles to think about business since I have done it for so long. The goal is just to help the client and get to the end goal so they're happy and, you know, you're happy. But it's a lot of different ways to be able to get it. Like, it's not just one way. And so I try to use my platform to be able to show 
you know, the multiple revenue streams that I'm able to create within this one business that I have. And it's always fun. And it's always exciting because I'm dedicated to the information, just not how you choose to consume it. You know, today it might be a one-on-one. Next week, it might be a digital product. You know, a month after that, I might want it to be a mastermind. Three months after that, you know, I might want it to be a seven-day challenge. So I'm very dedicated to the information, just not necessarily how you choose to consume it. Yes, I love that. And I love as well what you were saying earlier. We get to create our own success markers, don't we? Mm Mm-hmm. And it changes, you know. I think that, you know, people online are like, oh, I'm into generational wealth. Like, no, nah, that really ain't what you're into. Like, I know it's the politically correct answer to say, but the reason why you can't get there is because you're not true to the why. Like, I wanted to be at home with my daughter. I accomplished that, and now I wanted more money, and now I have that, and now I want to invest, and now I have that, and I want something else. So I think our why changes, but we're not able to tackle it because we're not clear on what it is we want our why to be everybody else why which is why we can never obtain our genuine why yeah i love that and again actually i think if anybody listening it's a really good thing to go away and think about and even actually accepting that our original why might have shifted and it does you know it it might have you know shifted because now you know i have my daughter and i have a son so you know it's just second nature for me to have this why of you know being present but now they're older so i don't have to be as present as much because they want to go with their friends they want to do after school they want to get on the school bus like i was so mad my daughter told me she wanted to get on the school bus because my joy is picking you up and taking you and dropping you off and now you want to get on a bus like i was so offended because that was my why like this is why i'm a i I do what i do and you want to get on a bus but I have the option for that to be my why. Like I can pick you up and you can get on the bus. So in my mind, it was it had to be that way. But I learned that me having the flexibility to be able to pick her up and or she get on the bus, I'm still intact with my why. But it took me a while to come to grips with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally hear you. And yeah, it, it probably takes a lot of introspection, doesn't it? I absolutely love everything that you've discussed with me today I think you've dropped some absolute gold there that I think is going to be so valuable to everybody listening I think everything that you've said about simplifying about diversifying and all the little golden nuggets around you know thinking about what your client hears and asking yourself those kind of tough questions but also actually something else that I didn't touch on but I really noted when you mentioned it was about kind of like not getting offended and and I like to Think of that as you know, like detaching from the outcome, even though you have this drive to go and achieve it. Absolutely. I think that because it's going to be what it's going to be. And I feel like as long as we put the work in, like what we envision it, it can be three times better than that. And so when you're just dedicated to the end result, whatever that looks like, um, and going through the process is fun. And it takes that, it has to be this way kind of off the table and takes the stress off because you want to have fun with this business. Like this, you're going to be here for a long time, but also knowing when you should pivot and, you know, do something else. Like, you know, this might be a stepping stone to get you to where you're trying to go. It doesn't have to be the end goal um, for this. I know me, I've been doing this for 12 years. Um, I've been getting offers to sell my business for the past four years. And so 
I'm 36 now, so I think maybe I got four more years left in this business and then I'm selling it and I'm working on my new venture. And so, you know, understanding when to to try something else, you know, when to give it your all, you know, and when it's another journey for you that lies ahead. So I'm really open to just the possibilities of what this life has to offer. And my business has given me the vessel, the confidence, the finance, you know, everything to be able to do that. Yeah, and I love that perspective actually of looking at, everything that you've done so far as a stepping stone you know i think we have the tendency to think that we failed or you know something's gone wrong but everything is a stepping stone isn't it absolutely and you got to step on the stones to be able to get to your next level of greatness so you know use it and get to where you're trying to go it's already in order it's already coming to you you just got to step into it yes yeah absolutely well thank you so much i've honestly love this conversation. I I think it's going to be a really, really valuable one for the listeners of this podcast. And I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm really excited for what you're doing. Like, I'm really proud of the projects and the things that you have in work. So I look forward to seeing what you have going on too. Thanks, Bianca. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you.